0: me,
1: <coughs> me, 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 me. Oh, your the voice is so beautiful. The arsonist has oddly shaped feet.
2: <laughs> Just fucking say what again? <laughs> you got me way off guard, dude. I love scotch. Scotchy, scotch. Scotchy, scotch. <laughs>
0: A, a colorful graphic here that shows instances of bullshit like this are on the rise. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it!
3: <laughs> the government's out to get ya, NASA's out to get ya, the NSA's out to get ya.
1: Well, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one.
3: Please ask public not to shoot after recent Bigfoot sighting.
0: Discussion we've been having
3: lately about Bob Lazar and what he did at Area 51.
0: We ain't found shit. Open the gates. Open the gates. They're here.
2: Well everybody, <laughs> welcome to uh, welcome to Strange Uncles. Uh, I'm Shane I'm John. I'm Josh. Hello. here we are yet again. So um, this is going to play after the fact, but uh, happy 4th, everybody, I guess. Yeah,
1: happy 4th of July. Yay.
2: Mm. Yeah. Don't try to blow your fucking fingers off with little things. So happens every year. What was it like last year? Didn't they have like 10 kids or some shit like that?
1: Oh, yeah, I think so. This fucking
2: blows my mind completely. Yeah, people are morons. It's it's good. Hold the sparkler. No, wait, you can't walk yet. It's it's weeding out the weak. Is that what it is? I think they call that the Darwin theory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big proponent of the Darwin theory. Yeah. Much, much so. So, anyway, everybody, so welcome uh, to episode, this will be episode, I believe, 47, and part two of remote viewing, for those of you who listened uh, to the last episode, we had so much fucking content, I guess, that we had to split this a little bit, otherwise it would have been a three-hour show, and... Maybe some of you like us that much. I'm sure a lot of you don't. So I don't. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so I think we're looking good. So we're going to do part two of that. Um, as usual, we're going to start some stories, I think, and some updated news. Um, who wants to start this off? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Um, um, I'll go. Sure.
1: So the Navy is obviously blowing up the... The uh, the news with the UFOs that are just on every everything, you know, of course, and it just keeps on coming. So uh, U.S. Senator Jean Shaheen, I think I'm saying that right. uh, She sits on the Armed Services Committee of the U.S. Senate, uh, confirmed that she was at a meeting which discussed sightings by the U.S. Navy. It was a classified meeting. So she said she couldn't really say anything about it. Right. So, I mean,
2: if that's how you say her name, that's a cool name. Sounds like a seventies punk rock front man. Kinda does, huh? Yeah. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> like Sirhan
3: Sirhan or uh, whatever the guy that sang for the New York dolls' name was. Oh shit, I
2: know what you're talking about, but I can't remember his name. It was well, Isn't
1: uh, Sirhan Sirhan the guy that killed yeah. Robert Kennedy? Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh
3: the, That's a whole you, other rabbit hole <laughs> we can oh, go down. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. 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 We'll tie that into the MK
1: Ultra episode if we ever get around to that. Um but yeah, so she's quoted as saying uh but if you were to ask me personally, do I believe that there are UFOs? I think that there are events that have happened that have not been explained adequately. So I mean that's interesting. People
2: Still going, you know, still going the UFO high thing. in the
1: government or being briefed, classified. And, um and I'm- then there's another guy, vice chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee, Mark Warner, that was also briefed. Yeah, name and, rings uh, a bell. Yeah. yeah. Um and he believes that we need to get to the bottom of it.
0: Hmm. See, so everybody's
1: on board. Yeah. Why would this, you not be?
2: This is the year of the, what's the Chinese say? Was it the year of the rabbit? This is the year of the UFO. It's got to be, you yeah. know, with everything going on. I don't know. You know, I hear other people talk about it. I'm, you know, we'll see what the end of the year brings, but shit's boiling over. Yeah, there's. You know? Right. Yeah. So, Every
1: week there's, there's something. a new story. Yeah, coming out. More people are coming out. And yeah, so there's more requests for briefings.
2: Mm. um right now
1: that so we'll see we'll see what uh comes
2: from, what comes unveils. from all of this man i hope to god we fucking they land in the white house and just step out and just kick fucking trump right in the nuts god i hope i don't think <laughs> it'll ever happen no i don't <laughs> think so either
1: mm, no. but a boy can dream a boy
2: can di- I didn't give buy us that <laughs> for a fourth of july president yeah, there no you shit go. instead of this yeah. bullshit parade Fucking guy, fucking draft Darger and he has his own parade. He's gonna lead, motherfucker. Yeah,
3: it's funny. He he wants it to be like the Soviet era military parades, and the like. So uh, Russian state TV is just roasting him for it right now. It's The, the biggest ever.
2: The biggest ever. It's gonna be the biggest. It's gonna be huge. Fucking! I know we don't try to get political, but goddamn, I can't stand that guy. It's so hard not to. Sometimes. It really is. Yeah. Anyway, well, here's something's gonna put a smile back on my face after I piss myself off for no fucking apparent <laughs> yeah. reason. Yeah, let's smile again. <laughs> so, um, kind of cool. Uh, this is more on the haunted news. So, in Texas, there is a hotel, 169 years old, by the way, and it's been a hotel <laughs> nice. for. I know, right? Nice touch. Uh, It's been a hotel, I think, for most of its day. It's called the Magnolia. um, And two owners uh, just bought it in, well, I wouldn't say just bought it, 2013. But they've been working on renovations, trying to get it kind of up and going. Um, It is known to be hugely, hugely haunted. Like there's Mm -hmm. more than just one little girl spirit. Almost every room has something going on. People have things disappear. Uh, One guy came back into his room, and he had his change laid out. You know, you take it out of your pocket, just fucking throw it on the dresser. Mm -hmm. Um, It was stacked up. Like, quarter, dime, nickel, penny. Like, just little stacks. He woke up the next day, his fucking shoes are in a line. Like, just weird shit.
1: Just an OCD ghost?
2: Evidently. Yeah, if I was a ghost, that's exactly fucking the one I would be, I'm sure. (laughs) You're messing my room up. That that is, like, typical
3: poltergeist phenomena, though, is, like, things stacked and arranged
2: strangely. Yeah. No human would stack chairs this way. Yeah. (laughs) Look.
0: Symmetrical book stacking. You're right. No. Human being would stack books like this.
2: Anyway, um, so they spent six years renovating this thing and they're going to have it out. Now, what's kind of funny about this story is, and it's weird, I get, I don't, I'm going to say this because I don't understand this. Some people don't, if they know they have a haunted place, like a hotel or a, you know, what, usually a hotel, I guess, right, or whatever it is, it's half and half whether the people want to promote it or they want to go on their own merit as a business and say, nope, we don't have any ghosts here. These guys are totally fucking going into the promotion thing. You know, they've been on TV. They've been on paranormal shows. They've been spending all this money renovating it. And they're specifically going to theme it as come stay in the most haunted building known in Texas. And they're going down that road just full force that's smart so hey i think it's what? a smart business
1: move economy you're gonna right? you're gonna sell rooms Shit. people people like that stuff Yeah, they don't so. care
2: now what's funny is um they don't really believe in it so they don't believe in that it is haunted does not to them
1: they don't believe it's haunted but yet yeah, they're, they're selling sell it. it as a right. haunted hotel right. <laughs> did you Which,
3: ever see that movie in the 80s high spirits <laughs> oh fuck
1: <laughs> was that Guttenberg? jeff goldblum
2: was he in that one uh was steve gutenberg oh my god that's fucking awful Anyway, I thought that was kind of funny. Um, And another quick little thing here, uh, Finn, for you, actually, this is kind of, I find this fucking funny, but, you know, you're the UFO guy. Um, There is a insurance agent in Florida, I believe, and uh, Mike St. Lawrence is his name. Um, He wanted to do... Other things, other than be an insurance writer, he was gonna be a comedy writer and such and such and such. Um, but he has been selling since 1987 UFO abduction insurance policies. Hmm. Doing he, the doing the Lord's work. <laughs> doing the Lord's work, and it is <laughs> he's making profit and money off of it. So somebody somewhere is nervous enough, nervous purvis to fucking buy an insurance policy in case they get probed. You did say Florida, man. So oh, touche! I did.
1: Yeah. That is insane. Is how it, much is how much is one of these policies? Um, I'm gonna look into this. Yeah, hold on pause here.
2: Let me scroll down. Just just
1: in case, you know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> you got it's better to be um, on the safe side. Twenty four ninety five a month. Yes. Twenty four ninety five. Just how do you prove Is you were abducted?
0: It it? Yeah,
3: how do you file a claim on that? Yeah,
2: what, what's, the, what's the what's fucking the... drop your pants and show your ass? I don't know. What the fuck do you do? <laughs> I think you're you showing know? your ass when you buy one of those. <laughs> yeah, but I think you are. Too. <laughs> anyway, he's making good fucking money. He's been doing it for a while, and he loves it. So it's like, oh yeah, people buy into it. You know, it started as a gimmick because it was going to be a joke. But then I guess he had people calling him up, going, "Hey, um, psst, rumor has it you're selling." Alien abduction fucking insurance policies. So, he's like, funny. You should ask. Where can I get one of those? <laughs> yeah, right. How much? Uh, anyway,
1: how much are they insured for?
2: You know, I don't know. The article's kind of vague on that, um, okay. and I don't know what. I mean, how do you even go about writing that? Yeah. What I are mean, you covered for?
3: Is it faking your own death worth money? Right, PTSD, I, uh,
1: emotional scarring
2: leakage. I'm I'm not sure. I,
1: I maybe if you got to get the uh, implant out.
2: Yeah. Doctors' fees. Oh true. Touche. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Um, been doing it. Uh, kudos on you, Mike, for showing the American, American go ghetto know-how. So, anyway. What do you got?
3: Um, so, UFO researcher claims to have found Alien City in Dark Side of the Moon. Bad-ass. Uh, I heard this. So, a prominent self-proclaimed UFO researcher claims to have found an alien city on the Dark Side of the Moon characterized by many structures that look abandoned. Um, so it's UFO enthusiast Scott Waring. Um, he was looking at the mm-hmm. Giordano Bruno crater um, where he says he found the structures. Uh, he said he couldn't f- uh, identify them at first because they were uh, like designed to not be recognized as humans. <laughs> like, Of course they were. Was he remote <laughs> viewing uh, them? No, he was looking at <laughs> a picture from NASA. Like doing zoom in, yeah. you know.
2: But this is what this guy does. I heard about him. Like he's a total amateur that has like a super duper fucking photo lens thing on a camera mm. and a telescope and he just sees a shit.
3: So Yeah, like they were saying that the that this particular thing was him taking screenshots of zoomed in um of a photo that NASA had published on the internet. Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> um,
2: by abandoned, does he mean like uh, nobody's mowing the lawn and there's fucking boards up on the windows? Uh, well, or? he said
3: he said that a lot of the structures look destroyed, like there was like a calamity and like they're broken, like UFOs broken in half because they couldn't get everybody out, or I don't know. <laughs> the <climax. laughs> There's it's a like YouTube climax. video if you get if you want to watch it. Um, oh Jesus Christ! But uh, yeah, he said that he was. Uh, he was unable to notice some of the structures as alien because we, as humans, aren't programmed to recognize them.
2: Well, duh. Which
3: uh, I don't know. I've seen, like, I've watched an entire, like, hour and a half, quote-unquote, documentary on uh, structures that people say they've found on the moon just from looking at, uh, at uh, photos from NASA. And yeah. It's all... There's that documentary yeah. on Netflix. I can't
1: remember what it's called. Yeah, where it talks about all the the, same the one. structures. I on, think the, I saw that. The tower. There's and, a pyramid yeah. up there. Some shit. Supposedly, yeah. I think there's like a giant bridge. And supposedly,
3: these things are just supposed to be massive structures. Yeah. One of the mm. one of the guys um, on that was or on one of those documentaries was saying that uh, some of it looks ancient, and they think some of it's like we have bases there, mm-hmm. which. Tying into what we're going to be talking about, just a little primer, um, because it's not mentioned in the movie Mm. in Third Eye Spies. But uh, Ingo Swan did say he was remote viewing the moon and found, like, bases there and that there were people there. And I can't remember if he said it was our people or aliens, but... Hmm. um,
1: this could be completely wrong, but I thought
3: it was both. Yeah. I thought I think it was you're right. humans
1: and aliens working together right. in perfect harmony. Yeah. And <laughs> skipping along uh, holding hands.
3: like NASA shut them up pretty quick.
1: Well, apparently they, things. so the story goes, they noticed him remote viewing them. Yeah. That's and right. So as soon as they realized they were being remote viewed and looked at, and he realized that. And as soon as that happened, they shut down the operation. so hmm. the story goes so the story goes i like it. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. speculative however
2: <laughs> you know there it is yeah like interesting, um, interesting.
3: <laughs> the movie third eye spies makes him out to like works really hard to set him up as very credible and and stuff but he himself has said a lot of wild shit so yeah, yeah. you know well i take think when you're in, what you
2: will well, when you're in, again when you're in that kind of field uh, you're going to have some wild shit said, I mm-hmm. think, you yeah. know, take that just as a grain of salt sometimes, you know, yep. anyway. Um, interesting. You got anything else on your side or no? Cause that is a perfect primer to uh, part two of the remote viewing. For those of you who remember uh, we covered a little bit of kind of the history where it came from. It branched off telekinesis and some of the other things, ESP, um, talk about some main players. Uh, but this is going to be part two where we're going to go down the rabbit hole of remote viewing and kind of where it stands today and the military involvement, which is fucking huge because I think that's kind of what kept it aflame for mm-hmm. how many fucking years, you know, before they decided they weren't going to. So um, join us on that and uh, stand by for bumpers. We'll come back.
0: Arise. Right. Uh, within a few years, he was approached by a top secret agency where he was approached and asked, Could he, if he could remotely use Jupiter, could he remotely use the moon? And he said, So why would you want to remotely to the moon? for the mission up And then the company dropped. And he said, Oh, so there is something up there. And so he started doing some uh, sessions on the moon. And he started picking up that there are surfaces on the moon. At the back of the moon there were mining operations taking place. He started to freak out because he said they're turning around and they're pointing at me. How can they see me? And then he realised that whoever was we on that side them had the ability not to see him, but to examine the destruction. So they obviously had a very, very strong point. <laughs>
2: All right. So here we go. Just to review a little bit. Um, we were talking about some key players. You I think we kinda addressed Targ. Yeah. And his role and some of the other
3: things. And also I think we Talked about that little Ingo Swan ditty last time too. I, think I so. <laughs> uh, got into the Jamison Irish whiskey a uh, little bit last time. So, again, you're really <laughs> <laughs> Apologies in advance. This is what if fuels any us of people. that didn't make sense. <laughs> so,
2: anyway, just so you guys know exactly where, we're, where we uh, left off, uh, we were talking about Matthew Manning mainly. Um, and we're talking about the fact of, and again, this is kind of some of these things are speculation and supposed because depending what you're watching, what research you're doing on this when people say okay cia didn't get them; they got bored they pulled out but the reality is did they really pull out or did they just fucking sweep underneath the cover and go dark is what you said josh right yeah i mean the cia doesn't pull out of anything no come on no fuck no
3: um yeah so in third eye spies uh they're talking about that and uh they basically say that the i think what they said was the cia might have stopped funding them but they it was because they started working with their main psychic Pat
2: Price exclusively, which we'll get into. Yeah. yeah. That's another name. We, he he was their
1: rock there. star pretty much. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so anyway, supposedly they pulled out. Yeah. That's kind of where we're at. Um, and we're looking again in the late seventies, mid seventies, 75, actually around that time timeframe um, from the research that I gathered. And again, this is kind of a loosey goosey rabbit hole because depending on who you're talking to, to be honest with you, the remote viewing doesn't exist anyway. So, you know, how are you going to gather facts and figures on some of that stuff? But when that happened, Air Force uh, came in and they had a technology division and they actually became uh, supposedly the primary funders for SRI's research program into what was going on. So at this juncture, we talked about names, places, characters. Now we're going to talk about some projects that we are going to dive into. And I found this, I fucking laughed out loud on this one because This is typical, you know, what's the irony of the word, of the phrase military intelligence? This fucking falls right in line with that fucking phrase, I swear to God. So, projects like uh, Stargate, okay, that was one of the biggest ones. Um, Secret U.S. Army unit was established in 1978 at Fort Meade, Maryland, by the Defense Intelligence Agency, which everybody knows stands for.
3: Are you asking what the anagram for defense <laughs> intelligence I, agency I was, is? So I, think you, I, I think you did that backwards. I think you wanted to say DIA and DIA, ask what well, that stands for. Oh,
2: no, yeah, no. touche! I did. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Speaking of rednecks, Jesus and Sri International uh, to pursue the potential for psychic phenomena in military and domestic situations. That was their intent. Uh, this project was ran by the U.S. Army from 1978 to 1990 and this is what i find just fucking amazing it was originally named gondola wish uh then it changed to grill flame in 1980 okay then changed to center lane in 1982 all right are we all caught up there so now we're 3 into it in like 4 years I, time frame i love the designations they're so good. fucking so dumb i don't know who fucking you reach in a I bag want, and just i want i want that to be my
1: and, job and so what do you do project? oh i named secret projects for the <laughs> And yeah. I, can't, I,
3: I tell and you. CIA. Yeah. Yeah. This is Project Flat Tire.
2: <laughs> this is Project Spoon Chocolate. Oh, fucking. Uh, so in 1982, when it was changed to lane, again, the third name, it was almost threatened to be shut down. Uh, and it was. It kind of went into dormant. But then in 84, it kind of kicked itself back up again, more likely due to funding. We're assuming, right? Uh, and it was renamed Sunstreak. That That's sounds nice. like a gay fucking Marvel character is what that sounds like. <laughs> Uh, I'd several, buy that comic line. Would you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> several officers were in charge of this project. Came It came and it went uh, throughout the timeline. But when Dale Graff took over this project in 1990, it was finally named the Stargate Project, which stuck, finally. Um, and it was primarily involved in remote viewing. It was a small-scale operation. It only had like 15, 20 people that were actually doing it. Uh, it was ran out of the back of the base in this old uh, piece of shit barracks basically where nobody was going to suspect anything. Um, and it was it ran in the back of the base and just quiet, I guess, is the most point. Um, it was declassified in 1995. And this is when shit kind of hit the fan and raveled up. Uh, it ended when it was taken over by the CIA in 95. The CIA hired the American Institute of Research to actually review the project. And they're still around, by the way. Uh, they reviewed the project uh, and they agreed that it was complete bullshit and nothing was gained from it at all. So, those of you who watch movies and you might remember, there was a book that was written, and then there's a movie that came out in 2004 starring George Clooney called Men oh, Who Stare at Goats. Yes. Men Who Stare at Goats, right? So, a uh, quick aside
3: about ARS. Yes. So, they had two people that reviewed it because they wanted it to look legit, and but they never let them actually review the actual data. Right. Uh, so it was a man and a woman and the woman, I can't think of her name right now, said that, uh, it's probably in my notes, but they're like six pages long. She said that they never gave her the data. And a few years later, someone in the government asked her about it and she was like, they never gave me the data to review. Like I couldn't, I I stand by what my conclusions were, where she said that she thought it was a viable program. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And and the guy from the government was like, well, let me get back to you. And then like he called her back like a day later, and he was like, yeah, I went and found all the boxes with all that stuff in it, and they've never been opened. (laughs) So so it was it was basically the CIA was trying to tie it off.
2: Right, I think so. That's why just tie off the umbilical cord there. Yeah, yeah. And this gal, she was involved in other things too after the fact. It wasn't just this project. I mean that um, what I said, the American Institute of Research, again, still around to this day, and they still delve into different things. And there's some newer. Uh, things that they're involved in, files, projects that they, they kind of stick their toes in. So, you know, they've been around and uh, maybe that's why the CAA had them out. But yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Um, so, you know, based on the movie, that was that Stargate project. Um, does anybody want to take a guess at how much this costs? And mind you, this is, you know, economy inflation, 1978 to 1995, 15, 20 people in a shack. Like, what? what do you think? What's that run?
1: $4 million. Hmm?
2: Okay. $4 million, Bob. For me, is that your final answer? <laughs> What's your first name, Bob? Uh, starts with B, Bob. Oh shit, I forgot that. Uh, Twenty million dollars, million. That's how much it cost to run this in the back of the fucking shack. Holy mm. shit! Yeah, which you know, that's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of dough to 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 it, today's standards. It is. You know, back
1: b- in the day, that back fuck that that was right? probably like. Uh, I mean, I'm no economist or anything, but yeah, you know, but you're hundred million dollars probably. or something like that. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's just uh, it's just insane for something. That, like, what really were they doing? Where do you... That's a lot of fucking McDonald's to goes. I mean, goddamn. What are you spending your money yeah, on? Yeah, what, yeah, what you know? are you spending that money on? I mean, it's not like you're using uh, maybe some equipment, but this is mainly just a person studying Sitting and there trying to reach thinking, out. Sitting there, thinking, yeah. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> fucking teach your own. You know, that is what it is. Anyway. Um, so we know the movie, we know the book. You keep mentioning a little bit. Do you have anything else add to add on this juncture out of Third Eye Spies? I think, it uh, seemed to me like there was a few notes in regards to another project. Sugar Grove? Or oh yeah, something?
3: so Sugar Grove, uh, was what actually was the incident that actually caused the CIA to take notice of mm. SRI and what got them right. more involved. Um, it was, uh... So they were working on it and um they started doing what's called scanning, which is remote viewing by coordinates. Um, and somebody thought that they were working with basically thought they were, they were full of shit. So he was like, all right, let's prove it. Like, just give us some coordinates and we'll, we'll view it. And, um, they gave him some coordinates that only he would know what was there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so they start viewing it, and this is with Pat Price, I believe. They remote view it, and they find, like, this state-of-the-art brand-new NSA listening post that's, like, trying to find and listen <laughs> in on Russian spy satellites. Oops. <laughs> and <clears throat> and so they tell the guy that gave him the coordinates that, and he's like, you guys, I told you you're full of shit. I gave you the coordinates to where I just built a log cabin out in the woods in West Virginia. So uh, one of the guys that was working on the project was, like, bugged about it because a second remote viewer right after Pat Price also verified what he saw um, independently. So he went out to the coordinates and he's just driving around and he finds a dirt road and he starts driving down the dirt road. And at the end of the dirt road is this military installation. And in it is everything that the remote viewers described. Jesus Christ. And then all of a sudden, like every three letter law enforcement agency is showing up at SRA wanting to know why they're spying on the NSA. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, Oopsies. Yeah, so that's that's kind of like what kicked it all off. Because before that, they were working like with local law enforcement. Sometimes, like um, they got brought in when Patty Hearst got abducted. Oh yeah. And uh, they accurately viewed the location where she was being held. But because like the various police agencies in California that were working on the case weren't cooperating with each other, they didn't piece it together that they had actually found the spot until after the fact. Hmm but jeez, yeah.
2: yeah. Fuck. Well, you know, again, this is what 30 years of, of just experimenting projects, secret projects, public projects. I mean, it just kind of you know, blows my mind, but the whole thing is we weren't the only ones doing it. I mean, this really stemmed and we, I think we touched on this in the first part of we're chasing Russia's tails. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever fucking Russia going to do, we're going to do, Yeah, but there are other countries doing the same thing. So fun fact, um, in, 2001 to 2002, the UK government performed studies on 18 different subjects. The experimenters recorded the E field and the H fields around each viewer to see if there was cerebral activity from the brain. Um, I didn't know what E field and H field was, so I'm going to explain that for me and the listeners as well. So these are vector fields that associate each point in space and the force and charge extended to it as well as magnetic forces. So this is what these fields are. So they're hooking these people up. Um, they're expending with what this is, and whether they can see anything. Um, obviously, it was only for one year, so it was a fucking pfft, nothing. Nothing occurred. You know, they didn't get any justifiable research. You know, along with what was Russian doing at the time. Like, were they still doing it when we backed out in the mid '90s and the late '90s? I'm sure. You know, but. It is what it is on that. Um, yet again, proven to have no effect, no physical info, and it was abandoned. 1995, Ted Koppel from Nightline had a special in primetime in regards to remote viewing, and interviews were had by various people involved uh, throughout the years, including Dale Graf, who was the last guy that was in control of the Stargate project. Remote viewing turned into a government conspiracy during the mid-90s as books like The Secret History of America's Psychic Spies was released, um, other primetime specials, The Real X-Files came out, It kind of turned the whole theory of of remote viewing into just a big conspiracy, like, oh, my God, what's going on type thing, you know, through this whole whole time frame. Um, The funny thing is uh, this continues. So with all the history on what happened, especially the military going on, um, in 1999, the first remote viewing conference was held in Mesquite, Nevada. And it continues to this day, mainly in good old Las Vegas, that's where they have most of the conferences, um, but it's been held in in other areas as well. Uh, There are several organizations that focus on this theory and are active, like Institute of Noetic Sciences, the Parapsychology Association, which, duh, Society for Scientific Exploration, and last but not least, the International Remote Viewing Association, which is where I pulled a lot of this research because it was pretty specific and it seemed to fit into the crevasse. Um, But remote viewing isn't dead and gone. Um, not by a long shot. So it still continues to this day. In fact, one of the still active rock stars of, of, of this theory, and we talked about Pat, too, right? Yep. Pat yeah. Price. He's Yeah, dead. he yeah. died under oh, very mysterious
3: data. circumstances not uh, long after he went to work just for the CIA. After hmm. uh, Yeah, because um, the CIA wanted him
1: just for themselves.
3: Yeah, and oh. he doesn't come right out and say it, but he asks all the questions that indicate it. Russell Targ thinks that the CIA might have killed him.
2: Yeah, Um, speculation, but that's kind of weird depending on how he died. Well,
3: he died under – well, first, so going in the movie, first it sounds like Targ thinks maybe the KGB killed him, and then later it sounds like he thinks maybe – like someone else, I think it was – one of the other researchers was basically alluding to thinking it was the CIA because apparently he was – he belonged to a church, and he was giving them – uh, classified information from his remote viewing stuff. And, uh, allegedly the leaders of this church were trying to use that information to blackmail the government. They had some issue with the government. They're very, very careful in the movie not to say what church it was. Hmm. And, uh, I want to say it's Targ said that the last time he saw, uh, Pat Price, he was acting really weird, like that he, um, he was saying goodbye to all his friends that he had just bought a million dollar life insurance policy to give to his wife at the airport. He knew. And that, yeah, something was coming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Something was coming. Yeah. He knew he was in trouble with someone, but he also had always had like a heart issue. Mm -hmm. And so when he died in Las Vegas, unattended under what appear to be natural causes, they pulled like basically a Kennedy style (laughs) sweep this under the rug as fast as you can. They like, Deemed that no autopsy or investigation was necessary, cremated the body and got rid of everything before they even notified his wife. No shit. Yeah. Huh. And that's why those guys think that it would like Kit Green was the doctor that was working, right? Yeah, on the, with reasonable. the with the research with the SRI. Um, on the, on the project and he like immediately went to Las Vegas as soon as he found out Pat Price was dead to try and look into it and everything had already been done. And he was the one that said that they did all this before they even notified his wife. And he was like, he's now like a works as uh, I forget the title for it, like, but he's has a background in criminology. And he was mm-hmm. like, with that, I definitely would have opened an investigation into this. Like, right. Um, but because he was unattended and it appeared to be natural causes, they were able to say, yeah, you know. There's like, nothing. He can't fight
2: that. Yeah. I mean, there's no evidence.
3: Yeah, because they uh. cremated the body before they told anyone he was dead. Of course they did. <laughs> um, Jesus Christ. So, yeah, but it's it's interesting. They, like, are very, very careful not to say who the church was. and Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, I think it was how Putoff was saying that he doesn't think that— um, that Pat Price would intentionally say anything he shouldn't have been saying. Like he thought he maybe like he said something to the effect of like, whatever he tells his church confessors, he's telling them in confidence. Right. And Confidentiality. Like, yeah. Did, not with the intention to.
2: And Pudoff, he knew him pretty well because yeah. he worked with him for, for some years, yeah. So different odds and odds, and you know, well, that's one thing like put off. He's still active, like mm-hmm. right? he's still kicking and doing seminars yeah. and everything. Yeah, he's involved so. in two the Stars right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, which is
3: huge right now. He yeah. in there's like an epilogue to the movie where they're kind of going over what where everyone is now, and him mm-hmm. and either Ken Cress, who was the no, it's not Ken Cress. I think it was Kit Green. They still collaborate with the government from projects, and and here and they're, there. they're saying. Um, that they wouldn't say what they were working on, but then they start showing footage of the tic tac UFO. So it sounded like they were uh, <laughs> right. like consulting
2: with a tip. Well, and again, you're not into just something specific, but everything yeah. else. Yeah, you it know, doesn't really necessarily have to be remote viewing.
3: But, well, uh, you know. yeah, because he's a physicist. Right. So, right. Um, but he his main gig is trying to figure out a way to pull energy out of the void. So just out of air, like Tesla style right. stuff. So. Yeah.
2: Which is kinda of cool. That was totally yeah. a Tesla thing. He was trying to figure out how to give everybody free power, how to make it work. And I think he might have been close. He was because pr- that's another r- mysterious T successful. Death. Yeah. Um mm. That's another rabbit hole. All together, that's, that guy. that's all but about greed, still. though. Yeah, it's oh, yeah, yeah, totally
1: 100% different. greed. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, weren't all of his notes just yep.
2: destroyed or hidden? Within, within hours, yeah. hours of his death, which, yeah. you know, whatever. Well, there is one person that actually um, is still, again, rock star kind of in the community. He really focuses mainly on u- remote viewing. He doesn't really do anything else. Um, anybody here the name of Joseph Joseph Yeah.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. so I was actually going to get into that. There's like almost an entire act of Third Eye Spies that is dedicated to him and That's the him. Army's program. Mm. Um, so he was like the main main guy, like the main rock star remote viewer of the Army program. He was remote viewing a construction site, like a factory in, mm. in Russia that was like just a little bit too far away from the water to be a shipyard, but couldn't really be anything else. And he basically identified that they were building the double hole hold submarine. It was going to be the largest submarine um, in history. He basically like reported it to the CIA. Like there was a CIA person attached to the program. He was just like, whatever you're full of shit. So they checked Like he said, it was going to be launched in 120 days. And the CIA guy checked back 118 days later and it had been launched launched. And, and the CIA guy was like, lucky fucking guess. (laughs) <laughs> of and course. Yeah, uh yeah. yeah and that guy was i believe his first name was robert gates the who eventually became the cia director oh, who was yeah. the guy on the nightline special that was right. saying that it's all bullshit jesus christ
2: um fucking all this tied together yeah it's fucking crazy well he was on the StarGate project joseph right i think um, he worked on that briefly but probably because he, other...
3: he he was through he was in the army's project he right, was right. with sri yeah and but they kind of talk about that project and basically they they say that some of the criteria for who they selected like they interv- they interviewed like 300 candidates and chose like 6 of them to mm-hmm. be involved in it and but they were all people who had served in Vietnam and had an uncanny ability to avoid landmines
2: yeah so like
3: right. like the military takes this shit seriously if not like officially but like in reality like they're always like Platoon leaders and stuff like, hey, find the guys that just know that, you know, and have them be like the point men. And it still goes on to this day. I I heard
2: a couple news reports, uh, some articles about about, uh, even in the war we're in now Mm -hmm. that they do something similar. They have special small groups of people who just have that intuition and they use them. And so something he said about that. Well, you know, Joseph is still doing his thing. He offers seminars. He does services still. So he's active. I don't know who else is really active. Uh, again, put off we talked about, but he's more into everything else. If we talk about just remote viewing, I'm sure there's some other names out there. But um, Russell Targ is still active, but he,
3: so he left SRI kind of like, I can't remember the year he left. <laughs> He left because he wanted, they, they were getting into just doing operational stuff for the CIA basically and not really doing research anymore. And it was all classified. So they, like, they had to convince the CIA to let him publish some of the stuff because, um, uh, so that people wouldn't think it was a secret program basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. But, uh, he was getting frustrated because it was all secret and he, and he, his philosophy was like, if everybody knows about this and everybody can do it and we understand that really there are no more secrets, then maybe we will stop being, uh, so concentrated on like, uh, Spying national and state. War and yeah, shit like and that. Just, yeah.
2: Yeah which that's the positive side of it yeah you know is i mean if you want to go down that kooky rabbit hole and hey everybody has this ability in them somehow if they can train and they can in tune i can totally see yeah that gets rid of the fucking spies that gets rid of the fucking barriers and the wars and the because why what are you hiding you're not at that point yeah
3: like they had a uh house oversight committee hearing on it in the in 77 and representative charlie rose was saying basically said All I can say is, either these results were faked, or our security system does not work.
2: (laughs) Got a matter of fact, (laughs) (laughs) fucking guy.
3: (laughs) But yeah, it's so when Russell Targ left SRI, he wanted to pursue the research in a way that he could use the stuff publicly. Mm -hmm. And he's one of the guys that like runs those, like he runs one of those conferences where they teach people remote view. Oh, gotcha.
2: Um, Okay,
1: yeah. It's pretty incredible how just. Normal everyday people go to these conferences Mm -hmm. and how accurate, how big they are, there's a lot of people, and how accurate
3: a lot of these people, yeah, are
2: remote viewing, yeah.
3: Well, so when he was at SRI, they were like, We need to set like a baseline, like a control, you know, so we need to bring in someone who's never shown any psychic ability whatsoever and have them do it so that we have results of like non psychic psychic. And so he brought in a family friend named Hella Hammond. And she ended up being one of their best remote viewers and she was supposed to have no ability at all, like hmm. had never hmm. had any psychic experience previous. You know, at that, that, that
2: point you keep, you know, the whole people that are debunking this or maybe are on the fence with it, that starts getting slimmer and slimmer when you tell stories like that. Somebody who's just, you know, bring in nobody knows who they are. And then all of a sudden they excel never tried at to do anything psychic. Yeah.
1: Didn't have yeah. any interest in it. So, so that's
2: what piques my interest. Like, oh, okay. All right.
3: In today's Western society, it's like super materialistic, right? Um, we've moved away from any type of spiritualistic, esoteric, anything. It's all oh. has to be like empirical hard fact, mm-hmm. right? But I do think usually a bit of truth to legend. And I do think that like humans did used to have more like psychic abilities. You know what I mean? And I think we still do latently possess it. We just, it's like a muscle it's you never married. develop. You yeah. Know?
2: Yeah, it's like you forgot to ride the bike. Well, it goes hand-in-hand hand with maybe instinct. I mean, yeah. back in the day, we knew we could fucking run from the bear because we were in that atmosphere. We don't know how to do that now. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing, you know, something that gets buried over time. And evolution, Yeah, you know, we change. I, well, we are you know. We're fucking dummies. Lazy but, yeah. and want to be comfortable all the time. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, tear this shit down so we can fucking build a bathroom. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Thoughts, wrap ups. Because I mean, it's uh, number one. I will say it was interesting to kind of research, and you brought research, Josh, to the table that I I saw, but I I haven't seen that movie, so that's a wealth of information. Um, but, uh, I believe it's on Amazon
3: Prime. If y'all have it, you should check it out. It's yeah. it's like a two hour long movie. Um, it's it's really well produced but they do engage in some of the like documentary film cliche things that make the opening super confusing. Cause they're giving you all this like rich information, but they're like cutting back and forth between a lot of like unrelated imagery. And it just like, you're like, wait, what I had to watch it like three yeah. times. Yeah. Once you get into it, the only other complaint I have about it is that to make the story more interesting, they jump around chronologically. That's why my notes are such a mess was like, like,
2: just back and but they're not. Yeah,
3: even. they don't. They they don't say okay. This is they don't move through. There's not a timeline project right linearly. Like they right. just talk about random stuff. Like, but it's really good. It's it's really entertaining and it's really compelling. And everyone involved in it, I think, is really credible, except for Uri Geller. Like,
2: yeah, I was going to say that's a one piece. Um, There's a couple little pieces to mention on the tail end of this. That's one, because most of you probably heard Uri Geller, you know, the big spoon bending guy, Mm -hmm. but I heard he was involved, but you had notes on that. Like he was more involved than I thought he was. He
3: was, they brought him into SRI for a little bit. I want to say, I want to say that they don't really, they kind of allude to like having him leave the project because of his credibility issues. Mm. But that I think because they wanted his cooperation with the film, cause they do an interview with him. I think they uh, don't come right out and say that. Cause like the first thing that he says is don't you dare try to debunk this, you know, like he's really standoffish right at first, but then Russell Targ is talking to him about Pat price. And he's like, you worked with Mossad, this, that, and the other thing. Do you think that the CIA had him killed? And hurry Geller's like, the CIA is not in the business of killing people, which is just a fucking out and out false statement. Yeah, what? Yeah, <laughs> so stupid. I mean, really? he, he like he brings you're up what? He brings up the heart attack gun <laughs> that the CIA was documented as working on and like Erie Geller's like the CIA is not in the business of killing people. It's like
2: bro, the g- CIA go fucking bend a spoon. You don't know what you fucking the talking about. The CIA
3: is in the business of toppling governments to set up like right. US interest friendly fucking banana republics like go fuck yourself
2: (laughs) if I heard him say that I'd just fucking just stare at him like what really
3: and then he's like they're in like a weird wine cellar that he has that's
1: they're in like some metal casing so no one can
3: remote view them I suppose
1: yeah and he says that there's like Like fucking
2: Magneto's fucking yeah like a
3: like a fucking Faraday cage or something Jesus and he like starts talking about a secret sealed room that's like that in the dome of the Capitol building and that's why you can't take much of anything that Uri Geller says seriously because <laughs> just he's for just, that reason. well, and, and he's that's been funny. like, I, I, I'm of two minds on this because he's been busted trying to fake shit. Oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. With the, spoon Even with the spoon and, thing. and all that but kind of he's stuff. He's still out there as a the thing. Yeah. Like, he's
2: still active. Yeah. So.
3: But I mean, that's also the perfect cover you know, right. is to be like a magician that no one takes seriously. Right. And then also the best way to make someone to, to contain information that gets out that you don't want to be out is to discredit it to the point of making it just seem absolutely patently ridiculous. So I don't know. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting people involved. Um and just so you guys know for some research too, there's one thing that I stumbled across, which this is again, this kind of goes where you know, if you're on the fence whether this stuff is real, whether it's not real, there was a book that was uh, came out called Psychic Warrior. You guys ever – I actually had somebody from work mention it to me. I was like, oh, I got to look that up. So it was actually written by um, a guy called David Morehouse, and he was an Army officer, highly decorated Army officer. And he was involved in remote viewing experiments in – the military when he was in the military when he got out he's like you know what i'm not going to keep this shit to myself and he kind of blew the lid off a lot of stuff and uh you know that's just one of many books out there but when you look at the credibility of who wrote the book and what he went through yeah. this isn't like fucking housewife in kansas saying oh i can see my fucking grandmas this guy you know was part of the experiment they used him um part of operations you know yeah he's well, got some credibility so. um
3: mcgonigal's uh service record he got, like, a commendation, and I don't remember what it was, but it was, like, the second too, highest yeah. Yeah. non-combat commendation that can be awarded, right. be, and his service record says that he provided or he worked on, like, over 200 intelligence-gathering missions, which are remote viewing. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what they're talking about.
2: Well, and the reason I mention it too, is because, you know, we talk about Uri Geller and people like that that may have been, oh, fuck, yeah, well, of course, he's involved, and so you poop with the remote viewing thing. No, that's not the case. There's a lot of other people that's been involved that – You know, they're, they're, they're the men. Yeah.
3: So like wrapping it up post government running programs, post Soviet collapse, like it's huge in Russia. Um, Still. Yeah. Yeah. Like there, uh, there's a dude that teaches classes there. And like there, there was another guy that they were talking to that has a company that tries to remote view the outcome of, uh, sporting events. And he says they have like a 75 to 80% success rate. No shit. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. And, and it's, it's wild too, because like, I don't know, like McGonagall says when they're talking about how everything got shut down, he's talking about the quote is he was in a meeting with senior lawmakers and they were talking about remote viewing and everything. And one was accusing him of being in league with the devil. And another one was like, came up and hugged him during a coffee break and whispered in his ear that he was doing the Lord's work. And he's like, which one scares you worse? (laughs) Um, Touche. And there's just like a lot of that going on. Like there was a a big backlash when this all came out that, Fucking elected officials were saying, "Oh, this is like you're in league with the devil." It's so yeah. bad. No,
2: it's so. Di- and I stumble on one thing with Russia is uh, they have a remote viewer there, and I can't re- couldn't even pronounce the name if I did remember it. But um, when Chernobyl went fucking haywire. Yeah. They were using him to remote view into the plant and into the actual nuclear reactor to see what they saw, whether it was actually what was going on, if something was leaking, whatever. And it had a pretty good success rate because when they finally did, years later, get a chance to go there, um, all his stats were correct. So yeah, yeah I don't know. Something you said about then,
3: um, but some of the the wrap up stuff. Too in the movie is really interesting. Like Targ says, the main idea of our research is that there is no separation, sp- uh, especially no separation of consciousness. More than machinery, we need our humanity. I also think that like the mind and consciousness doesn't reside in the brain. I think the brain is more like an antenna. Um,
2: I'm with you. I, I was. I think that's the same part thing. of what
3: makes this stuff possible. Right. You know? because that you're we're living in a simulation together with energy. Yeah. You know. But then Ken Cress uh, said. Um, we should always be open to our imaginations because once in a while, maybe some of our imaginings will come true. And right before that, they show like a framed quote that he has (laughs) that he's standing right in front of when he says this. And it's, uh, what is now proved was once only imagined um, from William Blake. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) But I mean, that's like always something I think people need to keep in mind because I think especially here in the West, we tend to... Limit
2: ourselves by saying, oh, that's not possible. You know that or you we're know? just numb to it. Yeah. I mean, really. So I don't know. Any additional thoughts, wrap-ups? Interesting. I mean, I learned a lot in this uh, whole thing. I didn't really know it went that far.
3: I think it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. So when they were allowed to publish some of their results, uh, Putoff and Targ wrote a book together called Mind mm-hmm. Reach. Mm-hmm. And that's what started the Army program was the guy, uh, Skip Atwater, that I, I might have said this last time, but Skip Atwater went and put it on his commanding officer's desk and was like, I don't know, what do you think? And he read it. And the next day, the guy was like, yeah, let's do this.
2: <laughs> we cut we her new, yeah. new fucking kiddie <laughs> Um Jesus. So
3: I really want to read that book. I I think that would yeah, be Yeah, I cool think I've got that on my into. Amazon
2: rotation. I just haven't um I haven't got it yet. I'm still waiting. Tomorrow I should be getting the Peter Ackroyd history of ghosts in the oh, vale. yes. Once I get that read, then you know, maybe yes. I'll pursue that one. But anyway, well hopefully you guys uh enjoyed it. Uh you guys got any promos, anything to pitch or Duh. I have not, <laughs> that's fine. No, no. <laughs> no, okay. I just thought it'd be nice. Um, so we've got different stories. We've got different researches that we're, we're kind of ahead of the game. There's a lot of things that we kind of sat around and brainwashed over some beers and went, man, let's talk about that. Let's talk about this. Um, so we've got things in the bag. So everybody look forward to it. Uh, so far, this is uh, it's a whirlwind and it's going well. Um, if you have an idea as a listener that you want to reach out and you want to give to us, by all means, you can email us at strangeuncles at gmail.com or you can call our hotline at 801 252 45 and you can leave uh whatever encounter whatever experience you had if you have a family that had an encounter um, we'd love to hear stories like that and we'll we'll play on the air and we'll discuss uh discuss what it's about so hopefully you're enjoying it um, I know it's past the fact but enjoy your fourth and uh, close the gates First thing that I did was-